Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. And I'm Caleb. This week, we stick to soccer, and soccer only. We face our own mortality, and we watch Notch fall asleep. I think there's about a 75% chance that I fall asleep while we're recording this. That's okay. We'll uh, prop you up like uh, we didn't have Bernie's and yeah. I was just going to say that. Do that pod, podcast that way. Oh, I, I was just thinking y'all could you know just transition from we call it soccer to toughcast because then there'll be two of you doing the podcast. You can be two night fans podcast without it kind of being a ironic lame in joke. <laughs> but there's yeah, three of but us. But we didn't write a sketch for this week, so yeah, we kind of yeah. have to have that I mean, tough cast. Listeners yeah. are probably happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of happy about that, um, they were probably also happy that we didn't have an episode last week. Where were you guys? Yeah. I, I showed up here for nothing. Yeah, the reason I might fall asleep is because I had to fly back from Portland and it was super early morning. I've had about three hours of sleep at this point. And uh, I'm not doing so hot. I fell asleep while we were taking notes. <laughs> Only a little bit. You had the head bob going pretty nicely. I think the best part is that you had the head bob going while you were talking. I've never <laughs> seen that before. But I'm Indian. I got the Indian head bobble. You know, like I never heard that before. What? Yeah, you never heard the Indian head bubble. No. no. Oh, there's some YouTube videos I need to show you later. But anyway, okay. where were you, Caleb? I was in Denver, uh, training for this job that I have now. That's enough said about my job for right now. <laughs> Did you do anything fun in Denver? I I met a, a cool guy from Florida. Uh, his name is Diego. Um, he said he, he said he, he he said he subscribed to the podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, he actually is from Bolivia, grew up in DC, and played for the DC United uh, youth teams. And knows uh, Bill Hamid, so that's pretty cool. Does he know Freddie or do? Yeah, I bought a vacuum from him once. <laughs> 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 no, I've, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I didn't ask that. I don't know if that was a sore subject or not, so I okay. stayed away. <laughs> well, I did not meet anyone who could have potentially known Freddie or do in Portland, but I did eat food at a place called Pock Pock. Portland's been taking over this craze about Thai street food. And it's this restaurant where I actually didn't like most of the stuff. Like, it wasn't that good. But there's this one thing where they serve these caramelized fish sauce wings, which are just... Sounds delicious. I heard about those while I was in Portland. And they sounded really good. All I can say is I'm excited for Minnesota United to play away to Portland in the playoffs. Or the MLS Cup final, as we know. That's going to happen this year, so... You do yep. realize that they're in the same conference, so they won't meet in MLS Cup. But well, just, L- just because that, we're the that, East, that of, is the problem that you take with the Sedai. Yeah, <laughs> just because we're the easternmost Western Conference team does not mean. What guys? That means you can't have a Cascadia Cup, MLS Cup. What? That is so lame, guys. There's a critical oversight on MLS's part. They are leaving dollars on the table. <laughs> that table right there with the glass top. There's huh. money on it. Let's I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our first segment of the week, which we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we take the role of Minnesota's brave DNR officers, put on those little funny hats that they have, those awesome little badges, and say things like, only you can spot a loon on a lake. And we but talk about lot, Minnesota United, too. I think a lot of people, can, a lot of people can spot loons on lakes. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're fairly noticeable. Typically, yeah. they're, you know, drilling little holes in them to do ice fishing. Crazy people, loons. Who does that? Actually, lots of Minnesotans. I probably insulted half our listener base right now. I should just probably, you know, 
let, let us let stick you to should, soccer, guys. Stick to soccer, guys. He's tired. Stick yeah. to soccer. Yeah. Stick to soccer. Notch needs a nap. Stick to soccer. We'll, we'll, stick, we'll to, talk. stick to soccer. I was just gonna say that we're gonna talk about two Minnesota United games because we missed one of them. Uh, Minnesota also beat, because the more recent one was one that we didn't, you know, want well to talk so, about at yeah. all. Um, so hey, remember that time when Minnesota beat Colorado one nil? That was amazing. That was awesome. Uh, you know what else was awesome? Miguel Ibarra with a diving header. <laughs> Miguel Ibarra didn't winning a header at all is just a miracle in itself. But scoring with one, fantastic. It was just a beautiful sequence as a whole. Ibsen getting a shot that bounces off the bar, and, and who gave, who gave the assist was Galvo. Uh, Johan. Johan gave the assist to Miguel. Beautiful stuff. Great photographs that came out after the fact. I mm. mean, it's all around feel good. Hey, you know what else was really awesome? Kevin Doyle kicking that bicycle kick and having the ball hit him in the face. Yeah. I mean, that awesome, about. That's what happened. It was hilarious. It was pretty great. No, it I, didn't make the highlight package. I was very sad about that. Oh, really? No, it wasn't on the MLS highlights. It yeah. should have been on there. It was a highlight from, for me. It's what happens okay. when Brad Baker isn't doing the highlight package. You should send uh, a note to, to Don Garber being like, hey, man. I don't know who's in charge of these highlights, but I feel like y'all let me down. How are you going to make this better for me? Do I send that to the return address on our paychecks or like where, where should I send that? You guys keep telling me that there's paychecks coming. <laughs> like, It's only a joke, Colin. It's not real. Yeah. Shut up, Caleb. That's definitely Shut not up. what that money is in that glass table over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this game was fun. The weather was nice, which was the polar opposite of the second game, which I actually wasn't in town for. It was cold when we played San Jose. Hey. It was all right. Yeah, I was comfortable in a sweatshirt. Yeah, same. What is it with? But what is it with warm weather teams coming over to Minnesota in weather that should be a home field advantage, and then winning? San Jose is a warm weather team. Like it's it's the Bay Area. It's it's like fifty five and drizzly a lot. Yeah, have you looked outside in the winter over here? That's I, not how it is here. I try to stay inside as much as possible during the winter. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, you're yeah. not one of those loons that's ice fishing. <laughs> <Yeah. Call back. laughs> um, so, so this game, not exactly the most exciting game of soccer in the whole world, even before we lost the game. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of a physical game. Second viewing was a little less bad looking than it looked from the stands. But, you know, it, there was still a lot of... Fouls that probably should have been called early on. Um, San Jose just were able to dictate the pace a lot with how they're able to just knock guys out of the way. And even though we lost one nil, it was on a set piece. Our back four and Bobby played still played very well during the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Calvo had his best game as a loon. Period. Hopefully, can build on that for the for the next game on Sunday. He, he seems to be coming into his own as oh, yeah. a captain. He's becoming more confident, more vocal on the field. You can see that in his body language, for sure. Vadim Demi who? Right? Demi don't play here anymore. Kevo right. had a bicycle kick, like, cross off of a corner, or off of, off of a free kick that almost made it to one of our players, and it was... It was pretty. Yeah, just ballsy was it, was, and great. Was it in the highlights this time? Did it, you, was not, it was not in the highlights. highlights. Oh, my God. I was stunned Jeez. that was not in the highlights. That mm-hmm. was 
MLS better give you some like frequent flyer miles to make up for both these insults. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just call Donnie and he'll take care of it. Yeah, he'll just re- We're on a first name basis now. He'll, he'll reaccommodate you in the stadium voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so one goal, San Jose squeaks it through. Bobby Shuttleworth, I think, though, has proven himself to be an incredible goalkeeper over two games. Incredible, maybe not, but MLS def- level, MLS starter level. Better certainly. than people were saying he would be. Would yeah. Be. yeah, yeah. The trade is looking better each and every game that he plays. Um, he's definitely solid in net for us, and that's yeah. basically all I can ask for an expansion team goalkeeper is to be solid. What do you guys think of Godry's performance in this game? I know a few people on Twitter disappointed by by his. Kadri played for like three minutes. Yeah, he, he came literally on came off the bench but, uh, at a time where he probably was wasting more time when we needed. Are you to talking about uh, Abu and Jome? No, no, no. I I really did mean Kadri. Okay, I, I saw I saw some weird amount of like hating on him. That's really weird because I don't. He didn't have the momentum right. of a game. He might have touched the ball once. Yeah, once, maybe um, twice. Maybe twice. Yeah. Um, as far as the Dunlady and Ish discussion, um, Caleb and I actually were standing close next to each other in the cloud section, and there were multiple times where both of us would just look back at each other and be like, that was a terrible touch yeah. on both guys. Jome, I think, was much more rusty than anything, but it, it still seemed as though his first touch was going three, four feet in front of him. Uh, Dunlady, his runs were all right. His everything else was not good. Yeah, the technical skills for both those players need a little more polishing. But that said, their pace did cause uh, San Jose some problems. They're back on some problems. Abu, his his speed itself was a a factor in the game. Um, If he had some finishing touches or just some... Finesse, it'd be a different story, I think. I think both of them, you, you have to say that if they got some more maybe playing time, if we had a USL team where they could get some more consistent 90 minutes runs out without being on loan far away. Hey, that, that would be, be awesome. Maybe, right. Maybe. Because there were flashes. There were flashes there of was, brilliance. Uh, and Abu had a nice cross that was inches away from hitting Ibarra's foot and then into the net. Uh Joe had a nice move to get around a San Jose defender and put a cross in. There's definitely more positives in their game, but they were outsh- outshone by the negatives in their game. Yeah. Uh, something else shown very brightly was Dave Bigham's hair. Oh, God. <laughs> Such a terrible Don't you mean his, his scalp? Or was yeah. his hair that shiny, too? Dave Bingham... I mean, it was stubbly, though. It wasn't even, like, freshly cut no. or anything. It was, like... Three or four days of growth, like not clean. Yeah, he got a yellow card for delayed game while he was busy yelling at his left back, which was great. I thought it was pretty funny, but you know. yeah, I mean they were time wasting towards the end there. So, yeah. any anything else we haven't talked about in this game yet so far? It, it just overall offensive ineptitude. Um, eight shots total. Three of them were on target. Only six successful passes into the box. You know, you're not going to do well. If you're not creating legit chances, uh, Ips not a really good game. I thought was uh, controlling the play well, passing it, distributing it well, and defending well, which you don't say a lot for Ibsen. Second good game for him, and now he is a green card holder, so yeah. no longer taking up an international slot. Pretty. Hello, neat. my name is Ibsen. How how did that get 
through on the green card application. There's not enough bubbles to fill out, are there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this uh, guy's full name is Hello, my name is Ibsen. Uh, uh, <laughs> There's another, a lot of spaces in there for his first name. Jeez. Another quick news point is that Jabrowski, Jabrowski Private Eye, is trialing with Minnesota United. Now, mm. now, now. Apparently, according to uh, both Andy Greeter and Megan Ryan, um, this is supposedly like how Cody Cropper was training with Minnesota United last mm. season. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. Okay. We'll see what happens with Jeb, but I would really like to see him mm. stick with us. I like the man. I like the player. I think yeah. he works very hard. Which, uh, very quickly, just to change the topic very, very fast, Jerome Thiessen also worked his butt off in this game for us. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I love that man. He, He's so good. As as bad as the Demidoff signing was... Uh, Tyson, as a late season add-in, has been fantastic for us. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that we do need to maybe address quick, um, the roster freeze happens on May 8th. Uh, before we record next week, do we hope anyone's going to be coming in? I've seen some different things on our Minnesota United, but none of them have any backing to it. Just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this guy came to us? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it would. Yeah, it, hasn't Adrian it. pretty much said in yesterday's interviews that there wasn't going to be anybody coming? Yeah, uh, but. Amos McGee was on a scouting trip to Chile. Um, that's probably probably not see the dividends of that until maybe the summer transfer window or the winter now season. You can you can get some spicy players from Chile, or you know that's a lot. Alexis Sanchez, that'd be nice too. I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> or how about this Alexis Sanchez? He doesn't seem very committed. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Ooh. I like our chances. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, one other quick piece of news from Minnesota United you want to talk about, Colin? Yeah. Um, so the Red Loon supporters group um, has been in a little bit of hot water this past week. Um, Minnesota United Brass apparently uh, told the Dark Clouds that Red Loon's insignia would not be permitted on a banner that they were planning on uh, waving at... A future game? I'm not entirely sure. I believe it was a banner on the section. The Red Loons insignia, just for listeners, is a hammer and sickle-inspired loon head. Exactly. Um, as a Red Loon, it, it saddens me. It disappoints me to no end. It's not surprising given a lot of what I feel are self-inflicted issues that the front office has done over the last few months so the the reasoning behind this was the a desire not to, i think have political banners in our section and, and let me just pose it to you this way which is would you be okay if there was a right-wing supporters group that wanted their banner up and- so long as said right-wing organization wasn't advancing homophobia bigotry, racism, hate speech, anything like that. And I do think that that is actually logically consistent with how not just Minnesota United has treated social issues, but also how MLS is working towards it. Fair enough. Now, what if it was a leader, say, of a nation who's been associated with those? With that being said, I feel like that's an even more important time for us to be advancing opposition. 
So, um, so you, you'd prefer a, a world where we could have more open banners, no matter what the cause. Yeah, you know, let's just face facts. Politics is a huge part of sports. You know, it's mm-hmm. you see it from Colin Kaepernick to even down to you know Colorado. Their capo stand nowadays has an anti-fascist action flag that is pointed towards the field. And I'll, I'll add one thing. So I'm asking you some of these questions to kind of clarify where we all stand and get, get some some thinking on this topic. Yeah. But for me, I've said this before in relation to Megan Rapinoe and in, in relation to Colin Kaepernick, I'd be happy to leave politics out of soccer if people didn't think treating gay people equally was a quote-unquote political issue or, or giving me the same rights as someone who's white was a quote-unquote political issue. But there are people out there who, who see equality and human rights as political issues, which you should really not be talking about um, in polite company, in sports company. And that's not, I mean, we don't magically leave our biases at the stadium door when we walk in. Absolutely. So, and- so you can't, you can't, I mean... If that if that magic technology existed, or if we all suddenly said these are not political issues, I'd be far more comfortable with leaving politics at the stadium door. There was a lot of, I felt as though it was concern trolling, to be totally blunt, uh, where people said that you know the hammer and sickle is a offensive symbol to people that were affected by uh, the Soviet Union, and. If that's the big issue, then fine. The Red Loons can come up with some sort of other logo. Quite frankly, being a Red Loon and having you know spoken about some of these philosophical differences, there's not really a huge Marxist thread in the Red Loons. It's people that look to soccer as a way of developing a community can, or that can impact issues beyond the pitch so so while we're talking about supporter stuff let's slip into the next segment the major listing service and talk about some mls supporter issues that don't have anything to do with minnesota united centennial 38 in colorado wrote an open letter to the ownership uh stan Conkey <laughs> and uh wrote about how they were very disappointed with the direction the team is taking because 442 magazine published an interview with pablo mastro anywhere he seemed to be giving up on this season. Yeah, um, his comments basically said that we're looking towards 2018 at this point. Yeah. This coming after a season where they were one of the best defenses in MLS history, went to you know went yeah. to the playoffs, and now all of a sudden they're just adrift. One of the best defenses in MLS history last year, and then one of the points that the supporters group made was that they traded two of their best defenders to... Right. Minnesota United, hashtag sorry, not sorry, um, for players who... Hashtag sorry, never sorry. No, yeah, happen. we're keeping Cronin and Birch. You guys should have them back. Did, no. did C38 cussed out their own players? But they did not cussed them out, but they, 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 they kind of put them down. Like yeah. unproven prospects, I think was the words used from Moorside and not, Josh Cat. which I mean, I, I agree Mo, with the sentiment. That, that counts for one rough. of the two. Yeah, <laughs> I think right. Moorside has proved himself in almost before with Columbus. Right. Um, Josh Dad's definitely not, more of an unknown entity. And I think reading Mastroini's quotes in the article, I felt like there was something going on back there that we don't know about. Like, yeah. that might just be, like, it's, me reading too much into it. But he seemed to say something like, well, it was unavoidable, something. 
I forget the exact things, but there was something that to me read like there's something that we don't know as the So public. you're saying MLS forced the trade. Right. Make gotcha. Minnesota look good. Gotcha. Uh, Colorado <laughs> did lose uh, 2 0 to Orlando with Kaka and Carlos Rivas scoring as second half substitutes. The other bit of supporter drama that came through this last week was the Dallas Beer Guardians, the best named supporters group in the entire world, talking about, well, writing to their front office about an incident where. People who were using swear words in their supporter section were being pulled out by police or by security. It wasn't. I, I'm not entirely yeah, clear on the details. But. So it it was apparently security guards that were um, calling in police. The reports suggest that whereas the front office had discuss some security measures to remove people that were using um, chants that, let's just say, rhyme with Pluto. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they were just removing um, people who were using chants that used profanity in any way, mm. shape, or form. Um, it, you know, this was something that... or the first aspect of it was something that the Spurs groups were actually fully on board with. Um, so no one the, homophobic chance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, using profanity part of it was not discussed with the front office was not discussed with the supporters groups seemed to be just a decision that was going on the security guards themselves. And, and this is something that again, you can go and read their open letter. If you want to get deep down to the issue, the, uh, it's in, uh, Tuesday's news and brief on 55.1 there you this go. week. Hashtag shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely FC, shameless. <laughs> Caleb writes those. Uh, FC Dallas tied the Timbers 2-2 this past week. All right, what else What else happened in the league this week, guys? Uh, goals he twice scores. Against Houston? Against Houston. Oh, uh, one of those goals, his second goal was a great flick on by Sebastian Giovinco, which I don't want to know what happened to you after you saw that, Colin. But uh, <laughs> absolutely great... Uh, Dane by Seba and uh, Josie, a homegrown player, Raheem Edwards, probably has won himself a permanent starting spot with Toronto. Nice. That's going to be an interesting thing to look at. Um, Justin Morrow's been in Edwards's left midfield slot, kind of that left wing back role um, with some injuries. Morrow slid to the back line. So does Edwards stay there and Morrow stays there when everyone's healthy again? Who knows? Uh, Montreal lost to Vancouver 1-2. to two. And Jacobson's rebound volley off of Sepius was amazing. Pretty. Very yeah. pretty. Um, another thing, uh, really quick, just wanted to mention this. Uh, the MLS Players Union did a huge salary dump. They announced all of the salaries for players that were signed mm-hmm. through April 15th. So we got to see on our team, of course, the fact that Vadim Demidov is making $550,000. God damn it. <laughs> While Brent Coleman is making 65. Yep. Highest, um, highest paid player on our team is Vadim Demidov. <laughs> let that sink in, folks. Another thing, um, Kevin Venegas, who is not making the 18 at all, is making $5,000 more than Justin Davis, who yeah, just, is. It's an interesting little bit of... Um, information i i feel kind of like i don't know how i feel about seeing all, what, like all the salary figures like all together in one spreadsheet versus like reported in newspapers over like the course of months like i, I don't know how that makes me feel i like it more when we piece things together like 
we put like the little strings on the boards and all of a sudden we connect all the dots. <laughs> all right, more on that at the yeah, end of the at show. At the middle is Vadim Demidov with a big dollar sign for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we we did also see who the highest paid players are, which the list goes from 1 to 10. Kaká, Giovinco, Bradley, Pirlo, Villa, which to me it's interesting that Bradley's getting paid more than Pirlo and Villa. And then you got Giordo Santos, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Altidore, Dempsey, and Valeri. Uh, I think probably... You could say that it's Bradley that's the biggest surprise, I think, especially given Andrea Pirlo um, being an unused substitute in this past week. That might be the biggest issue. One quick point. Minnesota United's entire roster costs less than players 1-7 to seven on the top highest earners of... Uh, not, not put together, like individually. They all make more than our entire roster makes. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of that NYCFC game, uh, they did get an away win against Columbus 3-2. Uh, David Villa missed the game with illness. Andre Pirlo was on the bench and did not feature. Any reason given? Um, Probably the fact that he's old. Uh, uh, Jack Harrison, though, fantastic little chip uh, to open up the scoring. Jack and, so good. And he also got the winner in the 79th. New York Rosenball Sport uh, <laughs> beat Chicago 2-1 to in the return of Dats McCarty. Um, credit to him. He stayed after the game, signed for about an hour, signed autographs for nice. Red Bulls fans. So Did they all say, like, act. screw Ali Curtis? <laughs> I, I did I, I not hear hope, I, any of that on social media, I but hope so. I would assume so. <laughs> um, another maybe less good thing. There's some controversy as to whether or not Kamar Lawrence should have been playing the second half. He did end up getting the winner, but um, after being in the concussion protocol during the training week, uh, he also took a head knock in the first half, uh, was checked out by doctors, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, He said after the game that he was concussed. Uh, Jesse Marsh, who, uh, let's face it, if there's a coach in MLS that's going to be a stickler about concussions. It's probably a guy that had seven or eight of them throughout his career. Mm. Um, He said, no, he passed the concussion protocol. We told him multiple times, sub yourself out if you need to, and we'll do it right away. So he said, she said, kind of an awkward situation. Uh, Kansas City beat Real Salt Lake three to nothing. Benny Falhaber played out of his mind and absolutely carved up the Real Salt Lake. Uh, defense. Um, SKC has scored as many goals in this game as they've allowed all year, so mm-hmm. Sunday is going to be a tough matchup for Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Seattle somehow got a draw against New England. That was a beautiful freaking game. Until what was it, 75th minute? That 75th minute. Was that the, uh, New England had a 3-0 lead, and then Seattle just throws in three late goals. Gets the win. Uh, Lodiero, Will Bruin, and Ozzy Alonso with the comeback. Yeah. Um, if you are Stefan Fry, I'm hoping that he is not replaying that first goal in his mind. <laughs> Where but I would underneath ass- his hands. I would assume in. that he is. LA Galaxy, zero. Philadelphia, zero. <laughs> 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 
Atlanta we need to one, DC <laughs> United three. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, that's a rivalry now, guys. No, 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 no. It's really not, and that's the thing. Like a lot of Atlanta fans be like, guys, we have the same colors, we have the same name, we're totally rivals. And DC United fans are like, we can't pour anything out in front of your stadium. <laughs> Nothing fits with this. <laughs> we can't go buy a bunch of Home Depot tools and like set them Just on fire. Them Too expensive. Um, so <laughs> we're actually in trouble for that. <laughs> so here is the surprising thing. Um, Atlanta was on the front foot the entire game. Bill Hamid had an amazing, amazing game. For me, Incredible. probably yeah, probably the best player of the week for me. Um, 25% of possession for DC United, but they managed to have the exact same amount of shots on target as Atlanta. Yeah. How? Also, Goals win games, guys. Goals yeah. win games. Yeah. Um, tell that to Michael Parkhurst, who that was that was a striker's finish. That was a great finish. Near post, <laughs> right between the keeper. Uh, never had a chance. <laughs> Beautiful finish. To be honest, puts, it, was, it was his own keeper. Yeah. So that sad. goal puts him sixth on the team for uh, scores this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I will never tire of Minnesota or Atlanta United. Oh, no, I'm becoming Arthur Blank. I will never tire of Atlanta United. <laughs> losing games it's i mean you wonderful. already sound tired so i am absolutely freaking florida and atlanta is on the edge of the playoff spots so really close to dropping out of the playoffs only three points ahead of minnesota in the combined table so Calling it now, Minnesota versus Atlanta, MLS Cup 2017. What? Or, what? Or whenever they play next at Atlanta, we don't really know yet. Yeah, <laughs> that was annoying. I got tickets booked to that game before they rescheduled it. Anyway, with that, let's take a break so I can take a quick nap, and we will return with all the rest of our show. And welcome back. Guys, before we go into our next segment, I did want to mention this. There is a baseball fan who is bringing his deceased plumber slash best friend's ashes to every single major league stadium and dumping them down the toilet in each one in honor of his deceased friend. How am I supposed to desecrate you guys' ashes? <laughs> Uh, I think you can sprinkle me on the capo stand everywhere. Except, no, sprinkle all of them on the new capo stands at Columbus. Ooh, <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm pretty much immortal, so I'm never going to die. So I don't worry about that. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> Highlander. <laughs> that can be only one. <laughs> Mine. Um, find a neo Nazi, throw them in their face, and then say that I was Jewish. Oh, okay. That, that is all right. Sure. Will do, Colin. Like, come on. Like, I thought we were talking about soccer. Uh, I'm not going to a Millwall game. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stick to soccer, guys. Stick to soccer. Stick to soccer. Guys, stick to soccer. Stick to soccer. Speaking of things that are kind of like ashes and get dusty and stuff. And um, neo-Nazis probably hate. Wait, what? Talking about mortuary <laughs> traditions, you know who has very elaborate mortuary traditions? Hey yo, that was Egyptians, 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 Egy
Ancient Egyptians also had pyramids, and we have a pyramid for the U.S. soccer system. We're going to start out with the USL. Well, I didn't um, mean to introduce section. The second segment is called the Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about the rest of U.S. soccer that isn't MLS. I, I thought we got into that enough, but okay, cool. Um, so we're going to start on USL. Uh, my favorite USL team, because I used to live there, uh, Phoenix Rising FC saw Frank Yallop, their head coach and president of the team, um, magically resign, saying that he wanted to spend more time in Northern California with his family. Um, this move happened shortly after Didier Drogba shows up as a part owner and player for the team. Yeah, that seems uh, pretty, you know, on, that, on the up that seems that, totally, that is totally it's fair. Totally, totally not, not sketchy at all. Yeah. Drogba looking at a camera being, it's a disgrace, it's a fucking disgrace. Something, you know, I don't know. How is, has Drogba played a game for them yet? Um, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> but they're your favorite USL team, Colin. Trust me, my Plastic. my connections to Phoenix Rising are all in the Arizona Gooners, and we have been way too busy bitching and moaning about other things. <laughs> <laughs> what could those things be, I wonder? Hmm. <laughs> uh, St. Louis FC's field is a pond. No. Yeah, I mean, like literally, there's a bunch of buildings sticking out of the a lake. That's that's what its entire soccer complex yeah. looks like. Kind of yeah. sad stuff. I hope, Very sad stuff. I hope they're able to to recover and um, make it make it keep working. That's the sort of thing that ruins teams. Cough, cough. Austin Aztecs. Yeah, it's very true. Sadly, Timber Sioux Zero, San Antonio FC four, sixth win out of seven for the Stingless Stings. Um, they lead the West by four <laughs> points, I believe, with a game in hand over Real Monarchs. I think when someone makes a joke like that, I just want to say only 90s kids will get this or something like that. Like when someone talks about the San Antonio Scorpions. The best part, people were chanting at David Bingham because he used to play for the Scorpions. Wear Sting's costume. Wear Sting's costume. <laughs> Hashtag never brilliant. forget. <laughs> He's probably just very confused. Uh, <laughs> NASL news now. The Cosmos. By the way, pet peeve. And this is this goes right back to literally the first set of notes I ever took for Toughcast with Kyle. Writing Cosmos as NYC always confused me. And I used to always say New York City beat, you know, whoever in NASL. And then I'd be like, uh, and then I'd have to use the Cosmos. So if you go listen to the very early episodes of Toughcast, you'll always find me first saying New York City and then correcting myself by saying something relating to the Cosmos quickly. So you put NYC up here. The NYC yeah. defeated New York SF. Cosmos. It's, it's, it stands for New York Cosmos, not Cos, Cos, C-O-S. <laughs> Is that what you want me to put from now on? I didn't, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. And they, what calls? They won uh, one nothing over San Francisco Deltas. Uh, Emmanuel Ledesma stores a wonderful chip goal over uh, Ramal Pazer. Hey, screw all that. What the the adorable thing that happened before the game? Uh, Ramon Pizer asked his girlfriend to marry him. Oh, he's a keeper. But um, <laughs> she said yes because, yeah, what not said. Yeah, because I mean they are. Uh, by the way, I saw photographs. They are like probably the most attractive couple I have ever seen in my life. Together, they're gonna make very attractive keeper babies, and they're gonna be like, <laughs> they're gonna ride off in the sunset. And that sunset is going to be cloudy in smoke. Yes, at a Parisian bistro. (laughs) That's a callback, but I didn't didn't remember that joke. (laughs) So, you know, at the end of Dark Knight Rises, Alfred sees 
Batman in like a, a cafe in Paris. If you pan over, you see Romuald Pizer and his, and his wife, <laughs> and his future wife, just smoking cigarettes and eating eating bread mm, and stinky cheese. Baguettes and brie. <laughs> By the way, uh, side note, I hate French breakfast. Like, I cannot stand a French breakfast. You don't like crepes, Leave. dude? Leave. Crepes, man. No, man. But they, Leave. They're like really thin okay, pancakes. At those actual Parisian bistros, nobody had crepes. They all, all were just giving me a croissant with butter and then like orange juice and some toast. Like, come on. Where's the meat? Right, I'm going to need at least like seven to croissants to get like any satisfaction from this meal. Right. So. Exactly. But that means you get to eat seven croissants and that's delicious. Yeah. I, I give me a full English or an Ulster fry. That's full what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, all yeah, way. yeah. All right. Uh, Jacksonville beat Indy 1-1. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Does not compute. Does not compute. Just making sure you're listening. Uh, they, they, you're making sure the, that we're awake? Really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Both these teams tied 1-1. Um, the battle of the undefeateds with Jacksonville having 1-2 and drawn 3, and Indy having 1-0 and drawn 5. I've heard Indy has a new coach, a Mr. <laughs> Mose Jorino. <laughs> wow. Josie with the mustache. I mean, like, five draws, guys. What the heck? Uh, new Adidas contract, by the way, for Indy. That's pretty nice. What do you guys think of the new jerseys? Oh, I haven't seen them. What? Big news? You don't go bother to look up, man. Now that you're now that you're an MLS know fan, you know yeah. nobody cares about well, the lower we've, leagues. That we've talked true. about this checking in leagues. on your ex girlfriend's sort of stuff on this <laughs> podcast. Some of us don't do that yeah. shit. I've stopped drunk calling Jeremy Babasi, so you should <laughs> stop looking at uh, all of the Eleven's tweets. <laughs> By the way. I, you wrote, Colin, in the notes that Jacksonville's league ownership is working about as well as it did for the Stars. By the way, also true for the Silverbacks. You remember the Silverbacks' last yeah, season? Yeah. Where they Man, did like, surprisingly well? The secret is for the league to own the team, and they will destroy. But I think, I mean, that may, there's probably something to be said about the siege mentality of getting players that, I mean, I don't know this about the Armada, but getting players who are probably sort of discount-ish who weren't getting strong offers elsewhere um, and, and playing with a small skeleton staff. So you're in a small group of people. You're, there's a little bit of uncertainty. It brings people together, I think. Don't you think? I mean, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on and make sure that the league's own team ends up doing well. But sure, you do you. <sighs> <laughs> and ASL doesn't have that kind of control. Only MLS sum. Sorry, ML dollar sign and dollar sign UM. Led by dollar sign Unil Gulati. Have it. Okay, you've seen the indie jersey now? Yeah, they're, they're solid. Yeah, I yeah. like it. What? That's all you guys think, have to say about the, this? I think the checkered oh my pattern was fitted fit more into their... Uh, oh, okay. How much am yeah. I going to care about a jersey? I think the thumbs up was pretty pretty high praise for me, so... <laughs> They're better than Jacksonville's. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. This is very true. <laughs> let's move on to a segment we call the sewer, because in sewers, typically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles can be found there. And in the sewer segment, we talk about the U.S. Men's Ninja Turtles, Women's Ninja Turtles, Youth Ninja Turtles, Baby Ninja Turtles, other Ninja Turtles of all sorts. So what did our national teams do, y'all? So according to Grant Wall, the... U.S. Soccer Federation is sitting on a $100 million surplus because 
clearly soccer makes money. Um, so what are they planning what? on spending that on? Some sort of training center somewhere. They haven't announced where yet. They haven't really leaked anything yet. But uh, trial balloon for some sort of really, really cool facility for national team to train. Yeah, like kind of like that. that what Being, was it the the King George Center or whatever? Yeah, St. George's Center, um, <laughs> Claire Fontaine. Minnesota, Minnesota United had trained there a few years <laughs> yeah, ago. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Red Bull Arena is going to host USA versus Costa Rica World Cup qualifying in September, and Orlando City Stadium is going to host USA versus Panama. Thank you. In October, are you going to go to those games? No, they're too far away. It's in busy season. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, I would want like to go to the Orlando Stadium at some point. It looks like a fun place to be. Get beaten up? What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? The U.S. It's not Yankee Stadium, Notch. U.S. U. Seventeen men's national team was playing against the Mexican U. Seventeen team, and uh, Maxi Rodriguez, who I actually typically think of as one of my better soccer follows, when uh, Mexico scored, was like, "Suck it, U.S." Uh, and it, then the U.S. went on to to win the game and sweep their group. At the U-17 CONCACAF Championships, it was beautiful. 4-3 win over Mexico. I am already salivating so much over Josh Sargent. He's 17, dude. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. No, no. no. I mean, like he's not 18 yet. Let's pump the brakes a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, uh, so, this... so he's literally Ronaldo at this point, yeah? I mean, uh, uh, just the thought Ronaldo. about Pulisic crossing the ball into, into Sargent's Gives me just makes me squeal of joy. I'm I'm I gonna don't know wait. What we're talking about until... anymore. We're talking about soccer still, but yeah. we're still talking about soccer. Yeah, stick soccer. to soccer, guys. Stick, stick to soccer. soccer. <laughs> um, this is the first time in history where, in the same qualifier cycle, um, the USU 20s and the USU 17s have beaten Mexico in Concacaf play. Uh, um, is it the first time the U17 has have beat U17 Mexico? I think I read that somewhere. I'm not. Pretty sure. Uh, Something like tweet that. Tweet at me yeah. if, you, if I'm wrong. All right. Yeah. Tweet at him if he's right, too. Yeah. Crowdsource our research. Come on. All right. With that, we move on to a segment we call The Pub, where every week we travel to a different pub in England to talk about EPL and English soccer. Which pub are we going to this week, guys? Um, I guess we're going to the Glorious White Cock. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, guys. <laughs> I wrote that down. You guys started laughing. I, I are, don't get it. Those are just words you don't really see together too often. Oh, uh, Saint you say that like there's day is no more, and the day of the glorious white cock. I think that's what they should call the replacement. <laughs> don't you think, Caleb? Yeah, why not? Yeah, doesn't, doesn't affect my team at all. So yeah, the glorious white cock parade, the glorious white cock festival. <laughs> this should go south very quickly. Yeah, with, with the Ron Brandon marketing, it's go fantastic. terribly. But <laughs> Tottenham have finished math are no longer at any mathematical risk of finishing below Arsenal. It is the first time in 22 years that Tottenham Hotspur have finished above Arsenal in the English Premier League table. How does that make you feel, Colin? How long do we have? No, not very long. Right, goals by Deli Ali and Harry Kane consigned <laughs> Arsenal for to defeat. Uh, final North London, London derby ever at. Uh, we have a typo here. It's White Hart <laughs> no, Lane, no, not no, Shite no. Hart Lane. No, that that is that is indeed the the correct <laughs> word. Uh, what I will say is this: um, Tottenham have played eleven games at the New Wembley Stadium, which is going to be their home next season. 
Um, they have a one win, two draws, and eight loss record at New Wembley. Hey, so what happens when they win the league next year? And uh, you no, no, shut Liverpool, your mouth. Liverpool. You <laughs> shut that mouth of yours. Not Liverpool is going to win the high ten percent straight face. So the football <laughs> weekly podcast has been talking a lot about how Spurs are arguably the strongest team in the EPL right now, and I do have to agree. Chelsea has kind of dipped in their form, and I, I it is un- incredible to watch how. Spurs have consistently been putting up performances after performances that have put them in a good place. I'm I'm really excited to see them improve again next year. Speaking I'm of not. speaking of Chelsea dipping in their form, they beat Everton three nothing this week. How does Away that make you at feel, Park. <laughs> uh, By the way, I just call you Cable. It's okay. You're you're tired. <laughs> That's also We're super just going to title this Notch Makes It Weird. <laughs> Cable. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you said you ever said on this, on this podcast, Notch. What? That doesn't say it. That's the, way you're, the way you're reacting to this joke, me telling me, telling me the wrong name, it's the funniest thing you've ever said. I mean... Because you're laughing so hard about this. Yeah, because I'm tired, guys. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I make some, you know, pretty funny jokes about ancient history sometimes. You know, there's someone out there who thinks those are the best ones I make. Uh, but they're wrong. Anyway, so uh, don't bother watching the first 60 minutes. Basically, it's a bunch of people that cannot shoot straight. Um, Screamer from Pedro opens up the scoring. Uh, Gary Cahill and William get the insurance goals. Um, do you want to mention this before uh, we move away? Um, thoughts go out to Aaron Lennon. Apparently, um, he's been uh, hospitalized with what's being described as a, quote, stress-related illness. Um, as someone with a history of mental health issues, I'm pulling for you, even if you were a spur away back in the day, this transcends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope he gets better soon and finds out that he needs. Um, Watford, nil. Liverpool won. Liverpool is undefeated when I watched the game with David Zeller. Uh, Emery Chan rides his bicycle. He didn't ride his bicycle any day of the week. Best goal of maybe the year. Incredible. Incredible goal. The ball is behind him and he finds it and just goes up for the bicycle kick. In the post-game interview, he he, couldn't tell you how he did it. It's fantastic. I changed my answer to your ashes question. Just put a handprint of my ashes on the this is Anfield sign. Oh, That's it. That's all I need. Pretty. And someone will like clean it up with like, you know, like. But take a picture Windex, of it first. Yeah. Uh, and you'll end up in like a pile of dirty water in a mock bucket. Do you really want that? Again, like. It's, it's about the moment, Notch. Okay. Just the guy is flushing his friend's ashes down the toilet, literally. I'm more thinking of, hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if like. The Richard Spencer gets hit to music theme, gets somebody's ashes thrown in a neo-Nazi's face. That would be great. Um, So because my Arsenal fandom has to extend further into what I hoped would be the offseason, Arsenal are in the FA Cup final after uh, beating Manchester City in extra time. Uh, They will be facing Chelsea, which means that I'm just going to be really, really sad even further into May. Uh, Brighton, Hove, Brighton and Hove Albion, as we previously discussed, have earned promotion to the Premier League. Joining them, necessarily will be Newcastle United. Uh, the fighting Yedlins. We lose uh, Sunderland, and we get Newcastle United. Or, you know, Derby rival, so. Yeah. 
maybe it makes complete sense that DeAndre Yedlin has played for both teams. I, I saw online somewhere that the Sunderland has survived in the, in the Premier League for nine years and went down their 10th. Their nickname is the Black Cats. They literally used all nine of their lives up. Yeah, okay. There's a bunch um, of stuff here about promotion and relegation. We let's let's keep moving because we're gonna run out of time otherwise. Leighton Orient lost three one to Colchester, and Orient are gonna be relegated for the out of the entire football league for the first time in 112 years. So here's the thing with it: um, the team was in the League One promotion playoff in 2014. They lost. The team was sold to Francesco Bacchetti. Since then, the team has been relegated to League 2 in 2015, missed the promotion playoffs in 2016, almost got wound up because Bacchetti was not paying his taxes, and subsequently are getting relegated. First time out of the Football League in 112 years. So, needless to say, the fans are not that happy and staged probably the most justified pitch invasion protest I've ever seen. So they did this in the 85th minute, and there was some interesting context added to this in the Football Weekly podcast, where actually the fans refused to leave the pitch for about an hour and a half. So the game was, they announced in the speakers, the game's been abandoned, uh, go home. But when everybody left, the stewards came on, quickly cleaned up the pitch, and they actually played the last five minutes of this game. And it, it wasn't very much a serious game of football, but as he said on the Football Weekly podcast, that's kind of disturbing because next time there's a uh, a pitch invasion and the authorities try to say, hey, the guys, the game's been called out, no one's going to believe them. Right. Right. But justifiably, of course, Orient fans being angry at terrible ownership. Um, one last note from the UK. Um, two old firm derbies while we were gone. Uh, Celtic beat Rangers 2-0 in the Scottish Cup semifinal. And then proceeded in the league to beat them 5-1 at Ibrox. It is the biggest away win in old firm derby history. Celtic are actually absolutely miles above Rangers in quality at this point. They're yeah. heads head they're above the whole entire lead in yeah. quality at the moment. Yeah, so, the, it's yeah. Some of it has the moment you mean the past like five or six years. Yeah, well, so this, this but, has always been very surprising. But they've maintained it once a Rangers has come back up. And I think it's in no small part because of their uh, manager, who is, uh, what's his name, Caleb? Um, yeah, I, what's that guy's I name? I believe it's uh, Bleep Blarp uh, Rangers. <laughs> it's really weird that their last his last name is Rangers, and he plays, and he coaches right. Celtic. Celtic, yeah, okay. <laughs> I refuse to say that man's name. They don't, let's move on to a segment that they, that they call. That we call, they don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do. Man, I am really just managing to somewhat make it through this episode. Uh, in this segment, we talk about the rest of the world soccer that we haven't talked about already. And here, Caleb coughing just a little bit. So what happened Sorry. to the rest of this, the world soccer? I'm the one that can keep it together. Um, Bayern Munich clinched the Bundesliga this weekend. Um, win the German double... Fantastic result for them. Um, Woohoo. This yeah. is my excited face. Yeah, whatever. This is when I stopped watching Formula One, by the way, when the Germans, uh, dude, Michael Schumacher, kept, I mean, he was my racer. I loved him, but he kept winning so easily each year that I just got tired of the, the damn league and the sport. Yeah. And now it's Rosberg Hamilton, but whatever. Jeez, way over my head. Uh, better Bundesliga news Hoffenheim have clinched Champions League spot for the first time in club history. Um, thanks to their manager, Mini Mourinho. 
Wait a minute. Rosberg actually retired at the end of the oh last Formula One season. Hamilton this is a soccer is, podcast. <laughs> Vettel is actually to soccer. <laughs> Vettel is doing well for Ferrari. Honestly, I we've lost complete control. I don't go to the stab lab on Sundays anymore. Like I used to watch Formula One you while giving me plasma. At chaos in seven sixteen. <laughs> what no. is happening? No, but we've I got a little know, bit. Longer. A lot of those people used to wake up early in the morning in the early two thousand and uh, to watch you know EPL and stuff. They'd also be. Formula One fans, because I mean, you know, you'd see both yeah. sports early in yeah, the morning. Yeah, it's, so it's like those. you'd you'd hit the wrong channel and you'd see Formula One. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna watch this for a little bit. Speed TV. Anyway, uh, moving along, Pescara midfielder Salimuntari has suffered racist taunts in a match against Cagliari, and he actually said after the game that he gave his jersey to the guy who he saw racially abusing him, with the hope that it's just say maybe a kid. Uh, we saw racially the hope that the kid would learn from this experience. Yeah, seemed to be a teenager, a, kind of a group around him that was um, all ganging in for the taunts. Um, and Tari was subsequently booked for requesting that the referee stop the game to deal with the fan that was taunting him. And once the referee said, I didn't hear it, he got a second yellow for leaving the field in protest. Serie A's disciplinary committee has since upheld that one match ban for getting two straight oh yellows and is not going to discipline Calgary because they believe that it was roughly 10 supporters that were dealing these taunts, which was, quote, less than 1% of the total stadium. Yeah, good. It's easy to deal with then. Right? Like, I mean, come on. Uh, it's so stupid. Uh, Real Madrid beat Atletico Madrid 3-0. Ronaldo hat-trick. Real Madrid is absolutely a freaking buzzsaw right now, just tearing through teams. Um, it seemed like it did match up on paper, but they just destroyed him. Uh, Real Madrid had 13 shots total, 8 shots on target. Uh, Atletico had 3 shots, 1 on target. And Madrid could have made it more. Uh, they missed some... Missed the frame a couple times on some great chances, and and uh, Yano Block had came up with some big saves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Want, I, they, they're almost champions left at this point. They're see, God, I hate I, that. I, think, I really don't I, want either I, of these. Teams I think the Juventus final. has the best chance against them. They're so defensively minded, but is Real Madrid's offense is just I, I, so in, in tough. In a just world, Monaco would be champions. They're just the most exciting, the best put together. Uh, anyway. We can keep going. Um, yeah, screw the but, Europa uh, League. But Monaco and Juventus play on Wednesday. So, yeah. yeah. We don't need to talk about the Europa League after that. Let's let's move yeah. on straight to a segment we call The Reynolds Wrap-Up with Colin, where Colin takes a conspiracy theory relating to soccer that you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So, we talked about how bad the LA Galaxy have been this year. Um, the 0-0 draw against Philadelphia, also one of the worst teams in the league. Um, should be just proof that they are a completely adrift team. And it's shocking that the Galaxy, the marquee team that Curtis Larson is telling us we need to be rooting for to come back, is suddenly terrible. Why is it? Well, I've actually spoken to a couple of people that have some inside knowledge. Turns out that when they were looking into signing Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Pipping him away from LAFC. Shocker. Zlatan said, look, I want to be the best player who is on this team. I want to win MLS just on my own. It's like he's in the room. 
Yeah, that that's a perfect Zlatan impression. I want to win. Zlatan can win MLS on his own. I want to show that. So what LA Galaxy decided to do was just make it absolutely clear that they were a terrible team. Because how else were they actually going to land Zlatan? Was he going to end up in Minnesota United or something? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Caleb, get your... Uncross your fingers. Come oh, on. I'm sorry. So, LA has been in complete free fall out of the idea that they might still get Zlatan. The problem is, <laughs> Zlatan, uh, while we were gone... It just so happened to suffer a uh, season-ending knee injury at the hands of defensive midfielder Kara Mboji. Guess what Minnesota United still need? Mm. Central midfield help. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So Mboji to Minnesota confirmed. Gotcha. Absolutely. <laughs> you I, can hashtag that. Hashtag Umboji to MLS. How do I, I know, spell that? I know his jerseys Super. will be as famous in MLS as Ibrahimovic's. <laughs> we love statues to Umboji outside, uh, outside Cloud City. All right. Well, with that, we should call an end to this episode of We Call It Soccer. Where can these good people find you on Twitter? Um, I'm at Tay Olson 716 also for 551 yeah I'm at the attachments and do not follow the hashtag InfoWarsFC it, it didn't go anywhere trust me <laughs> okay I tried and then I fell asleep <laughs> speaking of which that's where you can probably find me in just a few minutes here is, is fast sleep but in the meantime you can follow me at TWO United fans on Twitter this podcast can be found on 55.1 and find podcast providers everywhere. Feel free to subscribe. Please tell your friends about the show as well because we really do like getting new listeners. With that, we will bid you adieu and return next week for episode 103. Bye-bye.